Hello, fellow cinephiles. My name's Ben, and this is the Real Movies Podcast. We are joined today by another very special guest. Uh, this is writer-director James B. Cox, whose new film, Hacked, is now available on, uh, I guess, all VOD platforms and available on Amazon and in Best Buy stores and Walmart stores on DVD. So, James, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me, Ben. Uh, ben, it's it's kind of amazing. I you you've been early you've been an early adopter of the movie <laughs> Hacked. I uh, you know I remember when we were in Sundance, and that's how we met. Um, yes, you came to our, our our first really official screening. That was gosh so long ago, but also so awesome. Yeah, and you were gracious enough, obviously, to in- invite not just me, but um, a couple of the, uh, kids from WKU that I was on the trip with. And that was, I mean, for us, like a bunch of first timers to go and kind of be, uh, you know, to do a big major festival like that. Um, and then to kind of get to go to an exclusive, you know, off the books Sundance screening of anything was really, really awesome. So thank you for that. And, um, <laughs> I, uh, you, you guys are most welcome. Yeah. Um, so I, I first got to know you back when the movie was called Control Alt Delete, I believe. That's, um, true. That's correct. And it remained that way right up until I think this release, uh, which just came, when did, when did it actually come out? Was it like, was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Was it, I can't remember if it was February or it March. It was la- last Tuesday. Last so, Tuesday. That's right. Yeah. The week, week before this Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, I, you know, I popped my DVD in last night and, uh, and watched it over again. And it's, it's awesome, man. It's a really fun, it's a really fun movie. And I do, I do mean that. I, I remember thinking like when we saw it the first time and all of us told you it was great. And was, I was like, we're really not just blowing smoke up your ass because you invited us to this awesome, <laughs> awesome thing. We actually enjoyed the movie. There was an open bar. Let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> we, we, we were, we were definitely trying to, uh, spike the punch, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, that and was not so to speak so literally. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So um I guess uh, just for me my kind of first question for you is did you uh I didn't notice anything kind of just off the top but was there anything that you changed uh to the cut of the film since you know between you know when we watched it at Sundance 2016 and then uh this uh this release that just came out? That's a great question. I mean the title is the the biggest change that's yeah. happened since then. Um and that was purely from kind of a distribution marketing Uh point of view. Um, As I understand it, you know, when a film is distributed as ours is uh, globally, it's actually not just in North America, but it's in many different languages and all over the world. Um, I know it's, it's beyond my wildest dreams for my first feature. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the, you know, the, the keyboard is not universal. Uh, True. Keys control alt and delete do not appear. (laughs) Makes sense. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be kanji in, in, you know, in our, our Asian brethren's countries. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a very, it, it obviously was a bit difficult for me to, you know, give that up. But uh-huh. at the same time, it's, it's just a reality of releasing a film worldwide. And, you know, that, you know, in some ways you can say it's, it's still a canon title control. <laughs> let's not, let's not let it die. But, right, right. um, but hacked. Hacked is the official title. Yeah, I uh, and I got to say, I really kind of like that that new title. I I liked Control Alt Delete already, but you're you're right. That one can be relegated to the uh, the Canon Films (laughs) uh, oeuvre, I guess. But um, 
no ha- hacked hacked completely makes sense um not just for the for the film but i i knew almost right away that had to be a you know a distributor thing i was like mm, i bet we can mm. sell more of these if we just call it hacked because that <laughs> sounds awesome and it is awesome. well and that's i mean that's what we rely on on our partners in this for. sure um, and that's, you know, one of the, the great lessons of this process has been, you know, to be able to kill your darlings a little bit. You know, honestly, <laughs> yeah. of all the things to change, yeah. the title affects the movie that I made the least. Uh-huh. If, uh, it could have been, that's you know, true. it could have been much more drastic. I've heard, yeah, yeah. You know, the movie gets cut down. Right. You know, scenes get cut. Right. You know, and uh, well, we didn't really afford that because it's like an 87 minute film. Uh-huh. Granted. um but uh you know they can change music and things and i i was so wedded to the score and sure the 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 music you know the 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 needle drops we had from 8-bit weapon who oh yeah a band i was listening to in the in like the early like writing stages of this movie so it would have really it would have been a much more personal blow to to lose those needle drops of 8-bit weapon but um yeah i mean it's it's pretty pretty awesome i there's you know, obviously, you're gonna you're gonna have some compromises when you start involving you know larger entities into your your creative process. But um, yeah. the movie, the story, the, the the part of the movie that's most important to me has you know has retained yeah. its fidelity, and that's that's really all I ask for at the end of the day. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, so, do you have the same uh, distribution partner worldwide, or are you going through other other channels, or what? So we're represented by sales agency Taylor and Dodge mm-hmm. for all territories, and there's still oh, parts nice. of the world that have yet to jump on the, the hacked bandwagon. <laughs> um, we will we will be closing some deals soon, so there'll be more awesome. to announce. But um, the uh, so they they represent us; they are our our guys. Yeah. Um, but in North America, so it's Canada and the U.S. in terms of territories that you know it's kind of. Um, they're sold in that that kind of grouping usually. Yeah. Um, you know, Latin America includes Mexico in in this particular context. Um, those, uh, you know, they're they're being released by SP Releasing. Yeah, yeah. Is really a big get for us. Um, they have a, you know, a a deal with Sony that allows for you know a wide DVD and Blu-ray distribution. We're waiting on the Blu-ray. someday I hope it'll happen, but. Um, Having DVDs in WalMarts and Best Buys is definitely yeah. a cut above what I was going into this. I mean, we we could have self distributed this movie, sure, um, and not had nearly the reach. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's I don't know. So much of this is new to me, man. I'm just kind yeah, of, I'm a little bit on. I'm just sort of like, all right, get get buckled down and work on the next movie because this is this is the kind of thing you can do again, you know? Right, right. Um, so. Uh, I I just got you caught me there with what <laughs> work on the next movie. What do you got? Something you can share with us right now, <laughs> really quick? Um, I let's see. I can definitely say that we have. Um, there's a few different projects. Um, I'd say the one that's probably most likely to go next is a is a passion project of mine called Hurricane Party. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like is, the title. It's. You know, I hope the title survives because yeah. I'm very happy about the title. Yeah, I mean, um, the whole world yeah. has hurricanes, so I know, but only Florida and the in the, in the deep south have hurricane parties. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you guys are East Coast. You might be more familiar with these uh, even than I am. But um, it's uh, you know the whole 
the concept for this film is it's an homage to 90s slashers. Oh, wow. Really were formative to me. Um, I mean, you guys can rattle them off, but it's like Scream. I know what you did last summer. Sure. Um, There's just all these, you know, and honestly, Scream was kind of the 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 big watershed moment that made the rest happen but yeah um you know i i have i adore west craven i uh the late west craven mm. uh, but um you know it's for me it's it's exciting to not only do kind of a period piece that's kind of set in my childhood uh, i was a i was a child of the 90s you know born in the 80s but really <laughs> uh yeah tempered and and raised in the 90s mm-hmm. um and but also kind of go do a straight horror movie i mean when you see hacked, hacked yeah. is a film that i am i am experimenting with all kinds of different genre blends i'm doing all kinds of different things um and much to the chagrin of some audiences i mean mm. i like a movie that that kind of puts me back on my heels a bit sure um but uh one of my favorite walkouts was at the Vale film festival where this uh and you, you may know the scene i'll just say it's in the shower Ah, uh, um, yes. Yeah. But he goes, huh, and he steps up, <laughs> and he walks out the room. He, puff, he puffs up his chest, and he walks out the room. Oh, my God. Like, I did the you know, exact same thing. Doing the, the, I imagine him as a more elderly and decrepit, like, hey, Fraser Crane. You know, oh, gosh. What is this? What? what? <laughs> you know? Um, and it, 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 you know, it just brought me so much delight. It, yeah. it reminded <laughs> me of this, you know, probably... Um, apocryphal story at this point but uh you know the story i remember hearing from a director mentor of mine about the first screening of jaws mm, when yes. they brought in like a live test audience uh do you guys have you heard the story about uh spielberg waiting in the lobby no uh i feel like i have at one point i'm sure as soon as you start telling i'm gonna remember the whole thing uh, but all right please all right. proceed I'll, I'll get my my storytelling you know Blow the dust off the book and, <laughs> and tell you tell you a tale. Gather round. Okay, so Jaws, we've all seen it, we love it. Mm. Uh, but there was a time before it was Jaws. You know, it was it was before it was this great classic movie, and there was still a chance that it would be a total bomb. You know, it was plagued with production problems. It, you know, the shark the sh- the shark's not working. Mm. It all. You know, uh, the Richard Dreyfus bit. <laughs> but. Um, at least if you've been on the Universal Studio tour, you've heard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, times. absolutely. Um, so you know the test is going on. Spielberg can't sit in it. He's he's nervous as hell. Cause, can you imagine that? Can you no. imagine that for a moment? <laughs> well, I, I, but Be nervous. I, yeah, but it was as, as early as it was for him. I mean, what he had made Duel, right? And nineteen he made Duel. He'd made Sugarland Express. Yeah. And this was, I think, the next one. I mean, yes. I don't know if he did Night Gallery yet. So this he probably is... had done his episode of Night Gallery or. Yeah. Um, so this is really anyway, his we're... first big blockbuster thing, literally. So yeah, please, yeah. please proceed. I, I totally understand where he's coming from. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's nervous and, you know, it's, it's that first scene, you know, the, 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 yeah. the girls in the water, uh, sharks in the water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's legendary and he's, uh, you know, he's just walking. There's one, one couple walks out. Mm. Oh no. Two <laughs> couples walk out. Oh no. And then one guy walks out and just vomits on the floor. Oh, and no. that's the moment that he's like, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> right." Wow. Because people were so horrified that it, they were moved. They yeah, were moved to action, or yes. in some cases, moved to 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 lose their lunch. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, it's moments like that where I'm like, okay, you know, you got to 
rejection, you have to celebrate it in a way because if you get a strong enough rejection by somebody, that means that you've actually impacted them. Exactly. That's exactly right. They're not bored. Yeah. They're not not apathetic to the experience. They probably won't forget it. Yeah. They may be like, oh, what the hell is this? I'm out of here. You know, but... um, I digress. I don't. I don't know where we left off before, but no. That's um, you bring up a good point though. With uh, um, th- that's really. I mean, isn't that a director's job though? Is just to kind of produce something, anything that will uh, move people. You know, like that's that has to be regardless of you know if it swings to one end of the spectrum or the other. You've as long as you kind of you know you can you can detect a sort of palpable visceral reaction from people. I mean, that's gotta be the greatest feeling. I mean, look at, uh, I mean, not, not, not to relate your film to the room, but if you see, especially if you do see, if you see the disaster artist, there's that scene with Dave Franco and, uh, James Franco at the end where, uh, you know, Tommy walks out and he's, you know, he's all depressed because he thinks he's, people are laughing at the movie thinking they hate it because they're not, you know, crying, like crying at it or whatever. Like he thought he, like the, the great American drama he thought he was making. Um, so when he goes out in the, in the, in the, in the hallway and, um, and, uh, Dave Franco goes to get him and says, man, like you made this, like so many people come into Hollywood and don't do anything. Like you actually, we're at a, we're at our movie premiere. Like these are people that are having a great time at your movie. Like, do you think Hitchcock ever got a reaction like this? And now we have the legend known as Tommy Wiseau today, but, um, that's the, even, even something like that, just, uh, it's, uh, that has to be just the greatest sensation in the world as, as an artist and filmmaker to kind of, uh, be able to get a, get a sense of what the audience is, is feeling on a, on a tangible level. So that's, so that's cool. I'm excited for you that, (laughs) that somebody (laughs) had at least that strong a reaction at one of your live screenings. That's really, really cool. Yeah, and I mean, you know, sure, we've got a lot of positive stuff, too. But exactly. Is, you yeah. know, I think there's a lot of truth. I have not seen The Disaster Artist, although I oh. mean to. Yeah, you got to. Um, but it reminds me of uh, one of my favorite filmmaker films um, mm. is uh, is uh, Ed Wood. Yes, yeah, of course. Tim Burton's Ed Wood. And it's, it's a, again, it's about a guy that we consider culturally as a failure, uh-huh. but it's a it's an incredibly inspirational story of, you know, a guy who has a dream. Yeah. And it's a guy who, who, you know, finds a way to express himself despite, you know, how, exactly, how culture criticizes or rejection, reje- rejects him. And I think, I, you know, I think that is kind of the epitome of a filmmaker experience if you're doing anything of worth is that you're, you are compelling some reaction out of people, mm-hmm. um, whether it be negative or positive. You know, yeah. I'd like to think that we're, we're making something that, yeah, you know, yeah. at the end of the day is, is memorable and of course. Some, some people will revisit. Yeah. You know, if we're, if we do our job right, you know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's something to glean from repeat viewings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, I always think of to, I guess to come back to Jaws, it's like a movie like Jaws is the kind of movie that when it comes up on TV, it sucks me right in and I'm in, I'm in <laughs> for the long haul, no matter what right. in the movie, no right. matter what I have to do. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's something magical about that where a, a, you know, a story can capture you in such a way and, and you, you know, even if you know what's going to happen, you, you, you love revisiting it. You love totally the, um, the craft of it, you know, and I think that's, you know, I don't know. That, that, that for me is, is, is very gratifying. Yeah. And, and you kind of hit it right on the head with, with hacked really with, uh, 
kind of uh, being sort of on the uh, the the tip of the zeitgeist in a way. Like you know, there's uh, something about um, kind of the this idea of um, you know national security and government uh, government secrets and spying on people um, and uh, kind of big brother quote unquote. Uh, that's that's uh, really hasn't gone away uh, in the past. Even the <laughs> past, even stretching even back, a bit, even right? stretching no. back the past, at least the past decade, if not longer, yeah. and then and then you know there's no end in sight. So I think uh, you guys were uh, smart enough to tap into something that I think is going to have a staying power for a very long time. Well, it, kind of the nugget of an idea that really captured me, and I think it's it's we're really just at the beginning of this cycle of technology and and cultural shifting, but. It's the idea that information is is commodi- commoditized. Com- I, I I don't know if that's the right information thing, as a commodity. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. I, we got you. Yeah, and you know, from that perspective, it's like you start to re- recognize. You know, we we buy into a, a lifestyle, and in in some way, you know, when it comes uh-huh. to the apps on your phone and free services and things like that, we buy into a lot of you know social media and stuff, which I use as much as anybody. Right. Trust me, all my followers are sick to death of <laughs> posts. Um, but you know, it's a you know the idea that it's like, oh, okay, we you know it's a it's a free service. I mean, we don't even think about like, oh, these people are making money somehow. How do they? Right. Do? Well, it's by you know leveraging our information or access to us to, as mm-hmm. as uh, uh, people be advertised to, and it's you know it's not too different from the TV you know kind of business you know, business platform, yeah. except that it's far more personal mm-hmm. and a tad bit intrusive if you, if you care to think about it too much. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I think that, you know, we, we devalue ourselves when you know, a little bit, when we kind of go, Oh yeah, you know, privacy. Right. Well, I'm all, I got nothing to hide. And then you realize, Oh, it's not really about having anything to hide. It's about now your entire life becomes this digitized thing. Right. That you have no entitlement to. Um, you know, I mean, I, they do change their privacy policies frequently, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, enough. And I know that I haven't read. Oh know, yeah. God, no, the, the novel, I, I read that, the EULA. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's, you just kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a shift and it's a change sure. and there's a certain amount of, I guess, inertia that, that these companies are relying upon. Yeah. Um, for us to, to, to capitalize on us and, and as an extractive business, the same way that oil companies extract, extract oil and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we, we are being extracted for data. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, that may, you know, just food for thought, really. I'm are... not necessarily suggesting everybody cuts the cord and, <laughs> well, no, definitely cut the cord. I love cutting the cord in terms of TV, <laughs> but that's a, that's yeah. a different story. Are you a, uh, are you a subscriber of uh, MoviePass? I am. I'm actually just a recent ex- uh, subscriber to MoviePass, and I love it. As yeah, a dad yeah, who takes my it. kids out to yeah. movies, it is pretty, pretty, pretty cool to be able to go. Okay, you know, the baby's free. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, granted, I'm seeing. You know, what was la- the last thing I saw was the Caveman movie. Early okay. Man. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Ardman movie. Yeah. yeah, I love Ardman movies. Yeah, me Not too. Their best. But I love Ardman movies. And, right. You know, it was kind of neat to just kind of go, eh, whatever, you know. But yeah, I, you know, let's let's make a let's make a you know a, an outing out of it. And, of course. And it's fun. Yeah, but that's what I was going to bring up was that 
that's how MoviePass is making money right now, and how they decided to they could afford to charge not uh you know ten bucks a month uh for for you to go see as many movies as you want to is they are uh they I guess they got they sold a majority of their uh their company to a um, like a data mining organization and so when you when you um when you make picks and you go to see movies with movie pass in turn i guess they sell that data on your movie watching habits to to advertisers but i uh, that that was for me i was scroll, like scroll scroll cancel membership <laughs> <laughs> but that was for me i was like i was like it, well you just it, have to trick them you got you know you got to think about it man right what, how do we avoid it either? Right. right now? Because it is this ubiquitous thing. And it's really, I mean, if there's a growth industry right yeah, now, yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, how do we, how do we get more data out of these rubes? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's. Joe public doesn't care. They yeah. just want their, they want their free shit. You know? Right. Exactly. And that's. Sorry, a... I didn't ask if it was an explicit podcast. Oh, oh no, no, we're, you're, fine. you're yeah. totally fine. I love, I love 1940s actor guy saying, <laughs> you know, shit fucking cunt. You know? <laughs> but. <laughs> $150. <laughs> but, um, no, what, uh, that's, that's one of the things though with movie passes. Like they, the, if you do your research up front, kind of, cause a lot of people were skeptical about that deal when they came out like, what, like August or whenever, August or September, whenever it, whenever it hit, they were dropping their price so dramatically low. Yes. Um, I remember being skeptical about it for about five minutes until I read through one or two articles and I was like, all right, that's it. I'm signing up. I'm sold. Um, they they tell you if you do your research, like they're going to be generating revenue based on the sale of your your habits to uh, um, advertisers. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, honestly, if some ad company knows that I like watching Fifty Shades of Grey, I don't really care. Like, <laughs> see, that's where you just have to trick them and go to the theater and buy a ticket every day to the exact same movie, <laughs> and they'll be like, wow. <laughs> This guy loves Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> but <laughs> no. So that's we can skew the numbers, people. It's exactly yeah. right. So the power's more in our hands than you think. Um, no, so that's just kind of an interesting thing, and I guess it also kind of brings up like, uh, and I don't know how much or, or to what extent, rather, uh, some of these services are are really opt in, and just you know, people just kind of decide, eh, you know. I don't care. Like if they're, I don't care if so, so-and-so knows this about me or, you know, uh, but I do know that there are some people out there too that are like, you know, if they know what you had for, for breakfast that day, it's like the end of the world to them. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I kind of fall in the, in the latter camp is like, as long as they don't have my, yeah, I, I mean, as long as they're not pestering me every day with like, you know, I'm getting threatened with like, you know, spam and, and phishing scams and, you know, social security stuff, then I'm okay. Like if they, if they know I'm watching, you know, Every Marvel movie that comes out every other week, I, I I could care less about that. You and everyone else, right? right exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I guess I had to do a little self exploration there, mm-hmm. and I kind of decided the line really came at my my kids. Sure, you sure, know, I absolutely. Mean, yeah. I, and I, you know, at some point, it's like, well, I know family members are probably real hungry for you know for baby pictures of the new nine, you know, six month old, right? But um, you know, when you post them publicly like that, I mean, you are literally putting their life out in public yeah. before they really have a say in the matter. And, right. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess that's, for me personally, that's the only, that's the place where I'm like, eh. Yeah. I don't know. I know it's probably countercultural to, to think that way, but I just feel it's it's the one place where I'm kind of like, ooh, I'm making a choice. Yeah. I need to be aware that I'm making a choice. I'm yeah. going to make a choice not to do this and then not care about the rest. Um, so it's, you know, again, personal, personal 
choice is important here. Yeah, of course. But uh, I know we've gone we've gone off on a a great tangent though. By the way, <laughs> I was just trying to circle back to hack somehow. But um, I, I love w- the movie pass tangent though because that is relevant, <laughs> I think, to any movie fan. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know that. Seriously, that that's actually news to me. So really, now, that they that the, that they were owned by a data company and that they were buying and selling you to the <laughs> see. Just turn the other way and take your free movies. That's, yeah. Uh, if if there's a lesson here, folks. <laughs> I think we uh, just. I you think know, we just. You can preach one thing and do the other. Exactly. Do not what I say. Do what I. Do what I. No. Do not as I do. Do as I. Never mind. <laughs> so but hacks. Yes. Yes. Hacks. I was going to say. I think we've come across the plot. The plot of Hack Two. Hack Two. Movie Pass. Um, <laughs> movie but, Pass. No, but uh, <laughs> just because I'm. I, I was curious again for uh, circling way way back to the distribution conversation. Um, and I guess we can kind of lead in by tying it somewhat to movie pass. Was there any talk about a theatrical run for you guys at all? Um, very briefly. And yeah. honestly, it, it, it was before there was a distributor involved. Uh-huh. It was just kind of like a reality check moment where it's like, okay, if there is a theatrical distribu- distribution, it is not a, it is not a revenue generator. Right. What right. it is, is it is a promotion tool for the distributor and it's mm. basically on the distributor to decide to do that yeah um and and honestly they could have had us foot the bill <laughs> so it's um which uh we, we we were we were pretty well done after the movie was already over sure so, but um you know we, we we didn't really pursue that um the way i look at it is our festival run which was pretty lengthy it was a year long yeah um I would say, I mean, even a little bit over a year, if you include Sundance. Um, what it, you know, that that afforded us the opportunity to have the theatrical experience to bring the movie to a full, packed room of audiences mm-hmm. and get the promotional value out of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the title change does mitigate that a bit, unfortunately, but at the same time, you know, people who got to see the film, people who reviewed the film. Um, for the for the most part, really enjoyed it, and it was yeah. you know for me very satisfying. Um, and in terms of building our movies' value, um, it, it gave us you know data points, and it gave us reviews, and it gave us a sense that yeah, this movie has legs. It, sure, it reaches an audience. It's not a. It doesn't land. You know, there's yeah some people some people's mileage may vary, but a lot of people came out of it very happy. Yeah, so, and you won a couple. Um, you won a couple of prizes for it too, right? Uh, around did, festivals, we yeah. We, we uh, one of my, my one of my proudest moments was uh, we won best sci-fi at the Silver Scream Film Festival, which yeah. is nice. run by Famous Monsters Magazine. That's awesome. Now, I don't know your guys' history with that magazine, but for me, that was that was the shit when I was a kid. It was <laughs> it was the best, <laughs> and it was you know before. I mean, you know, I wasn't too pre-internet, but I was definitely like AOL. Yeah, yeah. For a good portion of the nineties. <laughs> Famous Monsters was just, it was the place to go to learn about, um, you know, what upcoming movies were happening, interviews uh-huh. with guys like James Cameron, director of Piranha 2, um, and some <laughs> other the things. the go-to. Yeah. Um, Joe Dante. You of know, course. Guys, guys who, for me, and John Carpenter, I mean, they, they changed my life. They, they were the ones that, they were, they were, you know, other guys were collecting sport, like sports cars. I was collecting movies and watching you know, every movie I could find mm-hmm. for many of these guys. Um, you know, Dario Argento, if you want to be European about it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like you would just kind of get into the, these these things and just like there was such a wealth of films. 
And the source for just kind of like getting deeper into it was, was this great magazine. Yeah. Um, and kind of the big flip where I went from a reader, a monster kid to being in the magazine when our film won the award and they, you know, are, are today celebrating our release and, you know, putting all kinds of, you know, articles up about us. It's like, Holy shit. Like, yeah, how, yeah. that's amazing. I'm yeah. in the magazine. I'm not, you know, I'm just not, you know, the reader of the magazine. I'm in it. And it's kind of, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's surreal for me. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's, that's totally incredible. And, and, uh, what was the, what was the budget again? I think you told me once upon a time, but how much did it run you? Um, if we're talking about like production, mm-hmm. I can definitely say it's, it's somewhere above a hundred thousand. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That was, I was just I, I don't curious know. It's about that. It's kind of one of those things that's like when you, once you start talking to distributors, they don't really like you talking about those things, but. Oh, sure. I, um, I'm sorry. If you, you, but it, you, you know, it was, for me, it was a very substantial budget for my first feature. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, definitely it's a film that I think belies the, the actual dollars that went into making it. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, it's, you know, it's not a, it's not a, a million and a half. It's not right. a five million. I mean, you can tell it's not a twenty million dollar film. It's not a, <laughs> it's not Marvel Studios. <laughs> no, but no. but that's but that's what I wanted to bring up back when we were talking about the, uh, you know, getting seeing your DVD on the shelf at Walmart. Like, how many hundred thousand dollar movies are on the shelf at Wal- at you know at Best Buy? Well, or, how many eleven thousand dollar movies are on the shelf? <laughs> I mean, I can name Four. Yeah. Paranormal Activity. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. I mean, I, it, it's it's a I mean, I think that's what genre movies really can do that no other movie can do. Right. Is, you know, is, is because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a passionate audience. It's, you know, guys that, that, that read magazines to find out about the next one, you know? Right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, because of that, I think, and because as a genre, it has such a, I mean, there's so many great horror movies that, are not just straight up schlock. They're actually, uh-huh. you know, you know, you're allowed to smuggle in ideas mm-hmm. into these movies. It just it's such so attractive to me, and it doesn't have to have you know all these huge stars attached. Sometimes they do. Um, we're going to work on getting some more stars attached to our next films, but hey. um, you know, it's it's a great place to to set yourself apart. And I, you know, I think that's that's one of the great things about sci-fi movies or horror movies or uh-huh. you know whatever and do you so through through hack then do you have anything uh, in place in terms of you know like a first look thing for the for whatever you're doing next like do they want to release whatever you're doing next or are you going to kind of is it back to the drawing board for you um there's a, there's various different projects that are kind of at yeah. different places i don't I wish I could get into more detail there. Yeah, but yeah, sure. Kinda, you know, we're, we're exploring all the options for sure. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of lessons we took with this experience that we're going to bring forward and, and, you know, more money's going to end up on screen that way. And mm-hmm. we'll have more, you know, more, more exciting attachments and different, you know, people involved that we met along the way. So nice. it's. Uh, I'm basically talking without saying anything. No, you're noticed. <laughs> yeah, I mean um, we're eating it no, up, but I, I, I don't, and I don't mean to put you in a in an awkward position about like you're you're allowed to say I'm not at you know uh, I'm not at liberty to, <laughs> yeah. to discuss. Like I, we're just we want to you know we're excited to have you on and you know whatever whatever you're willing to tell us <laughs> we're willing to hear. <laughs> now you said this is an homage to '90 slashers, right? 
That that I can say. That that's that's public have, knowledge right there. Have think, you considered you know, calling it hacked as well? Just uh, a different type of hacked. I, let, let, uh, let's be real about the title hacked, and I, I think I think it's going to serve this movie really well. I'm talking about Control Delete. Yes, yeah, 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 um, yeah. But it is a very common title, and I it's definitely something. I don't know if I would. Mm. Call this next movie a hack. Um, my, my other suggestion, but, uh, you know, it's it's uh, what's kind of. I mean, what I'm trying to do actually is go in a whole different direction. Uh, yeah, you know, controlled. Sorry, hacked is a <laughs> is a technological thriller, and we really you know strove to kind of explore the sci-fi angles of AI and hacking, and you know how data is mined from from you know. Uh, rubes like me, uh, <laughs> signing up for Movie Pass. Right. <laughs> um, whereas this one is really a straight up horror movie, um, with the That's conceit awesome. that, like a lot of, you know, like Scream and a lot of these movies, there is obviously different levels that you can appreciate it from. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what I love about our take on Hurricane Party is that <laughs> in some ways it is, it's definitely a period piece, but it's also a throwback to kind of the, the whodunit story. Uh-huh. And it's a throwback to um, 90s slashers, which were in the in of themselves a throwback to 80s and 70s, you know, Halloween and Jason and all those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, the, the, the you're you get more appreciation out of Scream by seeing all, you know, Sleepaway Camp and everything that came before it. Right. Um, so, you know, with that in mind, we are trying to kind of give something there for people who appreciate all those movies, but also. Like a good yarn, like a good, like a good mystery, and you know, it's it's definitely a uh, you know, it has some food for thought as well. Um, you know, it's uh, a story that explores um, the destructive power of humiliation. Yeah, I think I can say that without spoiling anything. Mm, but it's yeah. uh, it's you know, kind of something I I sort of got keyed into. Uh, this is very very far afield of what we've been talking about so far, but. Uh, the Vanity Fair article by Monica Lewinsky. You mm. heard of her? Yeah, um, <laughs> I think so. A few times. <laughs> yeah, I, name name sounds familiar. Can't yeah. match her face. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it was a you know, it's a fascinating article. I highly recommend that or her TED talk. Uh huh. But you know, TED you think about that. That's a person who will always only be remembered for one thing. Right. Right. You know, her affair with her boss and yeah. the yeah. blue dress and <laughs> you know everything that came with that. You know that was that was like a whole cultural moment. Um, let alone you know an impeachment of an American president. Sure. Um, so, but she lived on after that. She didn't just you know she's not a fictional character. She's right. Not, <laughs> she's not you know somebody who just you know boot you know <laughs> was was turned off after that. She she lived a life after that. Yeah. And it was an excruciating hell. Mm-hmm. Because every relationship, every job interview, yeah. every uh, picking up, you know, mayonnaise at the <laughs> at the grocery store, was informed by that that moment and that humiliation. You know, it, it yeah. changed your life, obviously. But it's it's interesting to go back and revisit and kind of do the where are they now sort of thing. And uh-huh. um, she has a very unique experience as being somebody that publicly humiliated, but. Um, you know, there's actually there's actually a lot of interesting psychological reading, in you know, um, you can you can read up in some journals and stuff, psychology journals. But they, you know, there is you can you can find the root of a lot of evils in this world through the pathway of humiliation. Um, 
you know, it's, I, sorry if I'm getting a little serious here. No, 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 no please. please. You know, it's, it's a interesting, like when you, you get down this, this Wikipedia hole. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, it goes to a dark place and you realize it's like, oh, okay. So on a very small level, you know, when a parent publicly humiliates their child as a form of punishment, what does that do to the child's trust? What does that yeah. do to the child's self-image? Um, you know, and, you know, and when that, you do that online, when you do that in video form on YouTube, um, it's forever, forever. Like it, it's never going away. You can delete it. You can cancel your account, but it's going to be copied. It's going to be a million places embedded forever. Yeah. Um, and, but then on a larger scale, you take a whole community that, you know, let's say we'll just pick coal miners. You know, it's the idea of the coal miner where, you know, their identity was invested in this job. And then, you know, civilization has kind of moved away from coal. You could argue it's political policy, but honestly, the world is going that way anyway because mm. natural gas was cheaper. <laughs> you know, yeah. again, I don't, you know, I don't want to get into the politics necessarily of that, but that changes people in a very personal way, even though it's on this big macro scale. And the destructive power of that, I mean, now I might get a little political, but it, uh, it it changes things. You know, it really sends the world in a new direction when people feel a sense of loss. Yeah. In a in a, in a big way in their lives, and they they can retaliate. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of I mean you know without actually telling you much about Hurricane Party, that is at the crux of what is on my mind while I'm you know while I'm making it. It's very much about like what happens when people are humiliated and how. You know, some people kill themselves. Some people kill other people. <laughs> Interesting. Well, there is. I don't think there's uh, any. There be, I don't think that's, there's any better teaser than that right that there. Is really, <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm in. Sold I'm me in. Yeah. You know, last line. A lot of a lot of people who, who shoot up places. That, yeah. Yeah. You know, they come from a place of humiliation. That does exactly. Not, that is, does not excuse. No, absolutely the, the not. Choice to murder, mm. but it's it's definitely something we got to look at and how we. You know, how as a society, how do we grow? How do we grow beyond, right. you know, school shootings and yeah. stuff is maybe, you know, maybe take a look at how, you know, how how family units are working and how mm -hmm. people are kind of led astray. I mean, they people who have never done a crime before suddenly decide, you know, exactly. I'm I'm going out with a bang. Um, yeah. What how how does somebody's brain get re rewired that way against their own self-interest? Sure. So. Um, anyway, sorry. No, <laughs> I was just like, no, just for, yeah, for something, for something called Hurricane Party, <laughs> that's like a throwback to 90 slashers. I, there's a very specific thought in my head. And then, and with how you, how you're describing it, I'm like, that's not at all what I'm, <laughs> yeah. what I'm picturing, but it sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, so can, can we expect to see, uh, Jay Jackson return as the news anchor? <laughs> uh, Jay Jackson, I, uh, are getting along so well. I, I want to use them in every movie. I'm Me too. Forever. I don't. I don't care. I don't care if it's has nothing to do with the news. <laughs> I, I want him in my movie. Yeah. I, it, he was actually. Here's the beautiful thing about. Um, we got to work with uh, Lauren and and uh, Jordan Bass. Uh, they're they're these legendary casting directors. I mean, they you know just look them up. They've they've been casting big stuff. Yeah. And, uh, we, we had the huge opportunity to get to work with them. Um, and they, they were, they were, 
they were able to, you know, bring in old Perd Happily on for an audition. And I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when I when the video was queued up because I watched all these auditions by a video um, before we did, like, callbacks and stuff. Sure. And there's Perd. <laughs> so, I I so I was like, oh, my goodness. I mean, my movie. I mean, we, we, we strategically planned when the shoot would be. It would be kind of in the off time before people were, uh, you know, you know, were going out for um, pilot season. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it was kind of like when, you know, a lot of actors are like, Hey, I can, I can either, you know, take a break. I can go on vacation or maybe shoot a movie. Yeah. And, you know, um, and that was, Oh man, it, as a huge parks and rec fan, I was just like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> and of course he's, you know, he's, he's, he's like, this is his great niche is that he does, he's the news anchor on every show almost. So <laughs> yeah. In, in a little way, in a little way, hacked is part of the extended universe that is Parks and Rec and Scandal and oh, everything boy. else, right? That's yeah. true. I mean, that's we my headcanon speaking, but yeah. still, right? Yeah. <laughs> God, hacked is part of the Parks and Rec universe. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine? Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, and if you, you've seen Hacked, you probably yeah. know that Perd is not, not just a just not a news anchor. There's... There's, you know, some, there's some character revelations there. There are there there are there are very character revelations that hit hit hard real quick. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Life comes at them fast. Very fast. fast. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um. So and you shot. You said you shot in Los Angeles. I'm talking about hacked. You. Uh. Actually, you shoot... we we shot in Orange County. Oh. Okay. Um. And very grateful for a lot of our actors who were LA based who yeah. either stay down here or make the hike. But it was, uh, yeah, we, we shot almost the entire film in an office building mm. that had a vacant floor. And this is like the greatest gift any filmmaker can receive. But <laughs> the entire floor of a building that is going to be demoed as soon as we're done. Oh, wow. Meaning our yeah. schedule works so perfectly that the, the office is vacant, like nothing, yeah. zero, empty, windows and doors, and some walls. Um, and, uh, and then immediately afterwards, they're tearing everything down. So if you... We got a shot. Oh man, I can't back the camera back. There's this wall in the way. Well, take the wall out. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it. Cut a big asshole in it. And we did that many times. It was, you know, just a beautiful gift. Yeah. When you're a filmmaker, you often are in a situation where you are, you know, you're a guest in somebody's home. You're a guest in somebody's mm -hmm. place of business. Um, if you're going on location. Right. I mean, right. You know. If you're on set, you're spending money on studio space and sets and everything that comes into that that magic box that is a set. I mean, there, there's something awesome about that, too. Mm -hmm. But happy accidents like that don't happen in a set, you know? No, <laughs> it's like, yeah. It, it was it was a beautiful thing, and it came together really quickly. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's the uh, – it's yeah, it's right near John Wayne Airport, actually. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's. I, I don't know if you listened to our our um, most recent episode with Matt Stewart, who directed uh, a horror movie that just came out called Tonight She Comes. But uh, 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 I did. That, you did. So <laughs> so then you heard in that episode that he was talk kind of a relatively similar deal where they kind of had uh, a problem with the location for for the movie that they were originally going to shoot. But then somebody from I don't I don't remember what he said. Like somebody from catering or somebody piped up and said, "Oh hey, I've got you know I know." You know, my buddy or somebody has a place out here that we can shoot at and it's ready to go. And he, he, they basically just turned around and shot wherever they shot. And like, 
and then Matt was like, this spot was even more perfect than what we were originally going to shoot at. And it literally just fell in, in his lap. So that's crazy that we've had yeah. <laughs> two filmmakers on in a row now that just kind of, kind of well, er, stumbled every, into it. Mo- every movie maker you're going to talk to, you're going to get a story like that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess locations. so. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting coincidence because yeah. locations are so often either disasters or happy accidents. Right. Um, right. Sure. They rarely sure. are, they rarely are in that, that weird gray middle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, yeah, I mean, every movie, things fall into place because they have to. Um, it's like, sure. Nothing ever goes as planned. Uh, it's, it's, in a lot of ways, people use analogies about the battlefield or about, you know, basically, <laughs> I, my first, my, my first AD, Matt O'Brien, uh, and by the way, he, he was one of those guys who like signed up at the last minute for our first AD and he was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I, I love the man. He, he's, he made me look good. He saved my ass many <laughs> nice, times. Nice. He, he talked me off the cliff at least once, um, figuratively speaking. But, you know, he, he was such a, a great helper. And one of the things that he said that really resonated with me was, everybody's a, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Which, by <laughs> the way, I think that's Mike Tyson. <laughs> I, if I'm, I, I, who quote, it might be who that, Wolf the quoted there. Yeah, but um, I don't want to give Matt all the credit. You know, <laughs> but but he told me that at just the right moment. And yeah, man, it stuck with me. So do you? So do you lean on advice like that to try to you know when you come across those moments on a, on a set where things are kind of going awry or there's something's not going as planned? Like how do, how do you kind of maintain your cool and help you know your actors and everybody else around you kind of maintain their sanity when stuff like that comes up? Well, I, I, you, you have to, well, first, the most important choice you make is who you work with. Sure. Um, because, you know, they, they can make or break you. And uh-huh. honestly, a lot of that is on you to have the trust and faith in them. Um, but also be ready when things fall through. Yeah. Uh, cause we're all human and we're all fallible. I mean, <laughs> every once in a while you come up with somebody who really doesn't care, but that's so rare when you're working with them on a movie where nobody's getting rich. <laughs> Nobody's making making their rent money necessarily, but um, you know it's it, it is definitely on you to pick the right people you work with because your coworkers at the end of the day you're 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 you know you're making a movie but you're going to be with each other for at least two weeks yeah. in my case yeah um, and you're going to be you know to again I guess go back to the battlefield analogy you're you're in you're in the shit yeah you know? and and you're you're uh, trying to, I'm, I don't know, thinking of, you know, Charlie's in the bush and you're in, the, <laughs> you're in, you know, you're in the shit. And, uh, I'm, I'm seriously. No, 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 no. Yeah. But, but I just, I guess I gravitated to a lot of, uh, historical fiction related to Vietnam, but, um, you can tell I'm, I'm probably have uh, a bit of an ADD issue, but, um, the, uh, that, that may be, you know, literal, um, the, so <laughs> confused myself um so picking the right people is most important yeah second of all it's it's you've got to have faith in what people bring to the table Uh um and at the end of the day i mean good or bad when you're the director the book stops with you yeah and you get all the credit and all the blame um and i'm not you know that's not a a boast that's just kind of reality it's like you know at the end of the day everybody sees that name you know, as soon as the credits roll and they go, aha, yeah, this is the guy, this guy, this guy. <laughs> um, but you know, it's a, you know, when you're, when you're in a situation, you got to be solution oriented, not blame oriented. 
Right. Um, you know, it's very easy to just start ranting and raving and, you know, saying, ah, oh, this person screwed up. They didn't put the thing on the wall that was supposed to be there. <laughs> now the scene is ruined. <laughs> ruined. Um, the day is shot. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We might as well go home. Right. <laughs> There's no reason to go on. Um, but here's the thing. Here, now I can actually, I just remembered an anecdote here. A good, good anecdote for you. Do tell. On the set of Hacked, we, uh, we had a bit of a happy accident that w- at the, at the time was kind of devastating. Mm. Um, there was a big, um, script overlook or something that was overlooked in the script where there was supposed to be gas masks. Yeah. On the wall. In the, the, uh, what was called the Delta room or the Omega room, sorry. Uh, where, where mana is housed. Yes. Where the, 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 the cold storage where the, where the, the, the evil AI is, is, is housed. Um, and it's airtight and they have these air, uh, they have these fire suppression systems that suck all the oxygen out with a, with a, a gas. Um, so there would be, Ga- there would be gas masks in there. That is just like a safety precaution, very right. obvious. It's in the script. So, yeah. You know, I did my homework. But, <laughs> you know, it was just one of those things that, uh, okay, now we're going to shoot the scene where somebody gets the gas masks. And they're not there. <laughs> we right. have them. They're in a box. Yeah. They never actually ended up on the wall. <laughs> and we've already shot out the scene. So they would just be magically appearing if we just kind of went as is. And we could have, to be honest. I think you can get away with a lot in terms of continuity. Mm. However, a good creative solution trumps that in a big way. So, you know, I don't know if it was my idea or somebody else's, but we came to the conclusion, and I wrote it into the script now, that the gas masks were not installed. And that becomes, because this movie is about two opposing groups having to work together, it became this great tension point where one of yeah. the the hacktivists, one of the arguably the villains for the first half of the film, is murdered. You know, is, is murdered, but you know, partially because one of the good guys didn't do his damn job on a regular day. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't get the gas masks installed. Um, you know, and honestly, stuff like that happens all the time in an, in, a, in a professional environment. People just drop the ball. Yeah, like yeah. we did on set. Um, <laughs> well, so uh, we turned it into a thing. We turned it into a plot point and it created this great scene. It did. It really was, did. Well, it's ultimately, I mean, I, I don't want to be tooting my own horn, but it was going to be a really bad scene <laughs> I, if see, there wasn't that underlying tension. It would have been a, here's this, here's that. We need to go here. Let's work together now. You know, yeah. You're exactly right. Pedantic. Yeah. It was a, it was, it was an info drop <laughs> to, to, to use the phrase. It was about, yeah. You know, uh, exposition. Yeah. It was a sequel scene to something else where it just was written in as a way to be like, okay, blah, 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 let's get running in this direction. Um, but then we turn it into something else and it kind of became this other thing. And then there was like the scene of the guys now thinking that they're in private, you know, talking to each other about what just happened. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it spawned more real moments for these characters. Yeah. And, when that happens, man, you are, you're working on all cylinders. You're making something that's organic and feels real, um, by virtue of an accident. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the essence of a happy accident. So. Truly. All this to say, you know, when bad things happen, you know, I don't know, give a, give a whistle, whatever. Uh, always look on the bright side of life and 
you know, if you're if you're able to find a solution, use it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's we're not we're not done quite yet. Frankie, did you have a question? Oh well you're kind of getting and it, it's sort of a play on the words. Some of my favorite or play on the title, some of my favorite stories are creative hacks and it's the name of the movie. Uh, in happy accidents. I didn't want to cut you off, but that's kind of what I was getting to. Is that your favorite quote hack of the movie? Or some, uh, I love stories like prop hacks of George Lucas using like razors for their walkie-talkies, just little shortcuts and stuff like that. Either creative uh, or props. I mean, I, I love that stuff as a, just a, a consumer of like behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff in news, and and I mean that's half the reason you read something like famous monsters magazine is just to get like oh okay so or here let's let's take it away from movies for a bit because honestly you know it's <laughs> talking totally. about movies <laughs> but um so turning tragedy into a victory uh one of my favorite bands black sabbath maybe that's a basic choice these days but eh. i still love them yeah let's talk about tony Iommi, one of the greatest rock guitarists of all time um not just as a you know a technical wizard but also as a great player yeah. Well, the man ha- is missing like three yeah. fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you wouldn't know it because, you know, he had, he was, you know, just a guy in Birmingham who worked in a steel mill and yeah. got his fingers chopped off in a, an industrial accident where a press came down and just severed him. Gone. Mm-hmm. Never to be seen of again. Um, and then he melted down glue bottles to make his own fingers. And <laughs> because really? of that, yep. he had to loosen his strings. And when you loosen guitar strings, of course, you get a lower yeah. note. Yeah. So what is the signature sound of Black Sabbath? It's these low, just like creamy, like notes that are just so resonant and so bassy while also being, you know, heavy metal. Yeah. He essentially (laughs) invented, he he essentially invented drop D tuning with that. Yeah. Exactly. I had no idea. I mean, I think you can give Keith Richards some, I mean, he did a lot of, yeah, he plays in open chords a lot too. Sorry, yeah, my yeah, ba- I mean, my, sorry, my background's in music. I, I study all this stuff. I love it. I, no, man, this is great. I, I'm glad you're speaking my language. Man. Yeah, Keith, <laughs> Keith Richard loved the, the muscle. Open. I don't get to, yeah. uh, you know, don't get the flex too often. So, uh, but yeah, these, you know, these of course are legends in the, in, in music. But, sure. You know, that, that was a tragedy right there. Mm-hmm. A man loses his fingers. Yeah, you think he'd be and done. And that creates yeah. something new that nobody'd ever heard of before in a way. Yeah. So. Well, who's the, isn't, is it Def Leppard's drummer that yep, doesn't Def have an Leopard arm? Def Leppard lost his arm, yeah. So yeah, he, car so, accident. Yeah, that's that. That to me still. I mean, I, I know Def Leppard's never been known for their, you know, their crazy, you know, drum breaks or whatever. But like, they're I, I love, you know, <laughs> I love. Well, he pushed the electronic drumming. I mean, electronic drums are huge now in recording, so yeah. he, he innovated that. But yeah, he could have. He could have been done. They could have got another drummer, but they worked. And the oh man, my brain's. When they worked with Mutt Lang, what was that album? After that tragedy, they made arguably the greatest album. After that, um, uh, uh, hold, hold on. Yeah, it's losing. Slippery when wet is yep. not them. That's that's um that's John Bon. Pour Joby. some sugar on these. This album, yeah. Uh, was that Photo- the name of that? I, I can think of the title track right now. Yeah, uh, uh, is it Hysteria? <sighs> I thought it was the one after that, but it could have been. I'm I'm not the biggest Def Leppard, but their greatest album came after he lost his arm, and they pushed themselves. Yeah, well, that's like uh, that's like ACDC too. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. They, the, yeah. The, you know, Bon Scott dies. The lead singer, the front man, the signature voice of that band dies, mm-hmm. and yet their most successful album is Back in Black. Yep, right. <laughs> Brian Johnson. <laughs> Um, you know, who was a, he was basically a, a guy they, they called in, you know, on, yeah. a, on an emergency kind of 
situation. So I don't know. I, I could go on, man. I mean, let's, let's, I mean, getting back to Black Sabbath, you know, they're, they're probably the most famous song except for Iron Man would be Paranoid. Yeah. And that was like, they had extra tape on, on the reel. And it was just like, let's just knock something out. Okay. Yeah. You got a riff. Great. I'm going to make up some lyrics right here because I'm the bassist and I write all the lyrics. <laughs> that's just what I do. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's paranoid is like, when do they, they never, they never played a show without playing paranoid. Yeah. Period. I mean, since, since obviously, before, you know, before, after they released it, you know, <laughs> they, they, they never played a, a show without playing it in the encore or something. So there you go, man. I mean, no, see, know, I love that is, stuff. That's, serendipity is, yeah. is rampant here, man. This is great optimism. I love it. <laughs> and I, I Google fact checked it. Hysteria's right. That's the album you were, you were ah, on point. Yes, yep. I am. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll take, I'll take that trophy, man. Got awesome. it. <laughs> no, I love it. But, but, uh, James, before we let you go, we, uh, uh, usually kind of end our show with just kind of talking about, you know, what we're watching lately or, you know, things that are, you know, we're looking forward to that are exciting us, uh, you know, either just, you know, on Netflix or you know, stuff you're watching on TV, movies you've seen lately, uh, you know, anything that's coming out soon. Uh, so what do you got? What do you, what's coming, what's coming down the pipe or and... I got a PSA for you. What do you got? Okay. Yeah. We got to save the show, man. We got to save it. It, oh, okay. is, it is the greatest gift to Evil Dead fans. You know what I'm talking about. I think I do. Ash versus the Evil Dead. It's on Stars. It's like eight bucks a month. You can just binge the whole season. Um, you know, for eight bucks, that's really not that bad for that much, yeah. many hours of entertainment. Um, let's save this thing, guys, because it is not doing well, and it's very likely not going to get renewed for a fourth season. <laughs> and it's 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 really doing. I mean, it's a great show. It is it's a not, great show. It, yeah. It's not on in the decline. It is the is the sequels to Evil Dead. Maybe not Army of Darkness because they don't really have the rights to that. But mm. <laughs> it, it's it's the it's the continuing adventures of Ash Williams. Yes. And they they you can tell there's passion behind the show. They are pulling out the stops. Every episode is a new, grotesque, like experimentation in how how to explore you know his character and. Uh, many levels of of kind of weird depravity, but um, it's it is, it is just a brilliant show. It really, really, really uh, amuses me so much, and I'm going to be really sad when it's gone. Yeah, um, you know, and it and it, hey, this is also out there for. I mean, granted, it's not anywhere near. I mean, the, these shows weren't anywhere near as gnarly. But if you loved Hercules back in the day, if you loved Xena Warrior Princess, Lucy Lawless is in this show. You that's know, right. And, and, that's and right. Is she really? I'm, I'm terrible. I haven't seen this. Name, but it's her husband. He's he's the producer of, okay. of Ash vs. the Evil Dead, and mm. he also was um, producer. I mean, he's you know longtime collaborator of Sam Sam Raimi. Yeah. This is this is the legacy of those things. Right. So let's, sure. Come on, guys. Let's work together. <laughs> let's make sure Ash vs. Watch it. We'll get on. Goes for seven seasons. Come that's on. right. I mean, if Walking Dead is still on, I mean, God knows. Oh yeah. Like there you go. God knows. Go, right? Ash versus Evil Dead deserves it. So six seasons uh, in a movie. That's exactly. <laughs> three movies. Yeah, I know it doesn't uh, work for this, but that's the saying. <laughs> yeah. But um, no. Ash versus Evil Dead. I've got the. I bought the first season on Blu-ray around Halloween nice. when it was on a sale. Uh, this was probably two, three years ago, and um, Brilliant. I still, I still have to crank through all of it. And I know, like, it's, it's just about committing the time. I know that they're like thirty minutes it's on a piece. Netflix too, guys. It is on there Netflix really is now. No yeah. Excuse. Yeah. But let's so. let's get those numbers up. Let's if you can 
please spend the eight bucks or you actually you get 30 days free with stars. So you right. even just, you could binge it for a month. Exactly. And, and catch up. And it, each episode's only 30 minutes. 30 <laughs> minutes. You blink and you, you, you've you wasted, or you've, uh, yeah, you blink and it's over. And you've wasted 30 minutes. Because, <laughs> you know, you really want to know more about me, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, it's, uh, what I'm saying is 30 minutes of your time, no commercial breaks. It's pure entertainment. Yeah. There's, there's nothing better. Um, so anyway, there, that, that's, that's my PSA. Yeah. And, uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Are you, uh, <laughs> are there, uh, any movies coming down the pike that, uh, you're looking forward to later this year? Uh, sorry, my, my three year old just hopped into the room. Um, I'm on a phone call. I'll be right back. Okay, buddy. <laughs> I think we're wrapping it up. Yeah. I apologize to you guys. Oh, no, you're um, fine. Sorry, a movie. Did you say a movie? Yeah, 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 just yeah, anything you're looking it. forward to that's coming, coming, coming in 2018. Um, well, like every movie, because yeah. a lot of movies <laughs> I don't get to see in the theater. Um, I, I'm very curious to see how Solo turns out. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I actually, you know, I was, I was really bummed out when, um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were fired. Yeah. Me, t- me too. Me too. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Ron Howard. However, he did make Rush, which I love. Yes. And it's like one, one movie out of his, his catalog <laughs> that is actually one of my favorites. And I don't know if that's, because I have some sort of latent, latent passion in race cars, but um, it is that's a great movie. If he can pull this off, I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? I, yeah. It could be a great movie, but um, I, I don't know. I got very basic taste sometimes. I, I love my Marvel movies. I'm yeah. looking forward to Infinity War. Oh, me too. Um, How other cr- than that, I mean, there's a lot the of, there's a lot of stuff on Netflix. Yeah, I've heard the ritual is really good. Ooh, yeah, you got seen that the ritual. If no. you if you haven't seen it yet, you have to. Yeah, make that a priority. That's uh, that one's kind of that one's nuts. So in 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 a good way. Um, I love that. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. So I don't know, and a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, it's kind of like putting the kids to bed, and then, exactly, you know, pop on my little screen and watch something. That's kind of that's kind of how I roll these days. Yeah, and it's and, um, it, and, and, it's, and I use my movie pass. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. The ritual's good too. That it's not like you know a, a two and a half hour slog. It's actually you know it's very tense and it and it move and it moves relatively quick. I think it's only around like ninety ninety six minutes, something like that. Um, Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've just I've just heard it's good and that it's got it's got some stuff on its mind and it's gonna got to you know it it's anyway. I I've just heard really great things and I love. I love a good surprise where I don't know anything going yeah. into the movie. I mean, that's kind of the thing is like, I don't anticipate a lot of movies behind, besides the obvious. Sure. Because I love a movie that I walk into without knowing anything. It is the greatest experience because you just kind of, you're, you're, you're only in the filmmaker's hands. Right. You're not in the hands of the marketing people. You're not in the hands of the, the studio. You're only in the filmmaker's hands and God help you if it's a bad movie. But you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I, that's what I love about a lot of Coen Brothers movies. The first time that I saw them is because, you know, I was just, I was just a film nerd. I didn't, I didn't necessarily know what Miller's Crossing was about before I watched it. I just knew it was the Coen brothers and I trusted them. Yeah. So, you know, something like that. I mean, that's always what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're, um, I, we're looking forward to solo and there's just, yeah, you're right. I just, anytime, anytime you can kind of come across something that's, uh, unexpected or, you know, you just, just willing to take a chance on stuff. I mean, that's, that's really the thing. Just, you know, be, be open to, to, to experiencing stories for yourself. And that's, that's kind of something we usually like to, to preach on this show is that, you know, 
Um, especially when people kind of get caught up in, you know, some film criticism too, is like, just, you know, form your own opinion, you know, take a chance. Like it's, um, a lot of, a lot of times these things are worth it. Even, even if, you know, the movie kind of turns out to be objectively bad. I mean, it's a character building experience. So, um, uh, James, I definitely, I want to thank you so much, man, for, for, for joining us today and talking about hacked. Uh, this is, uh, we're all thrilled for you. This is really, really exciting. And especially for, for me, who was kind of, you know, fortunate enough to be invited in at the sort of the ground floor, uh, just to, to see where you're at now with this film has really been a treat. So congratulations and thank you for coming on. Uh, well, hey, I want to thank you and, and your, your school friends who came to the screening because honestly, I mean, you didn't know us from anybody. You didn't know us from Adam. <laughs> That's we were, true. You know, just, I was like a, a circus barker out on the street going, hey, you want to see a movie? <laughs> yeah, you're in Sundance. Big whoop, of course. Yeah. But, you know, you didn't know what you were getting into. All I had to say was open bar, and somehow you guys, you <laughs> know, really, no. <laughs> but it open was bar, a, we came know, running. It was really a, a wing and a pair sort of scenario, and the fact that you guys, you know, decided to spend your, your 90 minutes with us was really, it meant a lot to me, um, then and now, because... It was the, it was the start of something, and we didn't know really if anybody would show up. Honestly, we just had a we just had a, a basement of a building yeah. with a projector and a screen and some speakers and an open bar. Um, but it was, you know, it really wasn't like you know we didn't have any of the push of the festival uh, sending people our way. It really was just word of mouth. Yeah, the fact that we filled a room and people it, it was a party in there. I don't know. If you yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. I was so just. It, it, it brought me a lot of glee. That's Good. all I can say. Good. So again, if you want to watch the movie Hacked for yourself, it is available on, is it, I guess it's available everywhere, right? All of the VOD platforms. Every, everything except like net, it's not, it's not on subscription services. So you're not going to find right. on Netflix. You're not going to find on Hulu yet. Um, I, I hope that we get there soon because obviously there's some incentives for that, but, um, the, yeah, it's basically anywhere you can rent or buy. Um, and I recommend if you need help finding it on Amazon or anywhere else, go to hackedmovie2018.com. That is uh, the website for the film. And it's just a basic website trailer pops up and you, you can click on a link for Google play or iTunes or what have you, Mm -hmm. and it'll take you right to where you need to be. Um, and then you can follow me at, at Darwin fish on Twitter. Um, and I, I totally respond to PMs and all that kind of jazz. So yeah, if you care to talk to me at all, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm available. Um, and, uh, yeah, my, my company's Nighthawks Entertainment. I guess keep your eyes peeled for next time we emerge with another feature. And I am at, or, or a comic, actually. We have a comic, The Boatman, that's going to be, um, coming out soon, too. Interesting. So. Oh, nice. Com- a series of comic books or a graphic novel or what? Uh, it's, it's a limited series at this point. We have plans to actually develop it as a TV series. Oh wow! More more issues if if the demand is there. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a it's very different from everything else. But it's a film noir that taps into some some mythos that you'd be familiar with. Mm. Um, it's 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 kind of it's kind of neat. It's a bit of it's a bit of uh, fables, a bit of uh, you know Sam Spade, uh, a <laughs> little James Bond for good measure. Wow! Some Indiana Jones. Um, I don't know. I'm, now I'm saying it's everything, but <laughs> no, yeah. You know, the point being is that it's it's just all my passions for those things are poured into this thing, and it's it's got a lot of a lot of surprises. It's like Hanna Barbera's take on The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow. down for that. Wow, <laughs> I'm going to use that line forever now. And people will just be like, "Okay, all right." Yeah. <laughs> um, 
the, 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 the hits keep coming, it sounds like. Well, hey, we're, we're, we're producing stuff. If people want to watch it or read it or listen or whatever, <laughs> we, we would love it, you know? Cool. And, uh, I am, as always, I am at the real Benny C with two E's, real with two E's, both on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to follow the rest of the Frankly Done Network, uh, follow at the Frankly Done on Twitter. And as always, remember to review, rate, and subscribe to our show because Dan, I think that's a thing that, uh, apparently is supposed to help little shows like ours. So, yep. Uh, please remember to do that. And, uh, we will see you next time for another fun-filled episode discussing movies and all things fun. In the wise words of someone important, do it for cinema.